0: Welcome to Liberty Now, the show for discerning minds and common sense. I'm your host, John Verd, trainer, Piper, Navy diver, and seeker of the truth. Thank you for stopping by. I'll be here looking at the headlines, asking questions, and dropping truth bombs every Saturday at 10 p.m. Today, we're digging into the origins of COVID-19 and the fallout from an exclusive recent report by the Epic Times, called The First Documentary Movie on Tracking Down the Origin of the CCP Virus. Now, this has been a topic of controversy since the very beginning, when we first learned about the term COVID-19, and whether it was from lab man-made origins or from a wet market, uh, supposedly from uh, bats. Just to get us rolling here, I want to play a clip again of John Stewart, what he thinks from a previous episode.
1: My guest tonight is John Stewart. We That's really right. wanted to do the show. And when, when I interviewed you for it, you were talking about how little progress we've made in science in combating pandemics. Because in 1918, mm-hmm. the advice was wear a mask, wash your hands. That's right. And a hundred years later, 103 years later, wear a mask, wash your hands.
2: It was soul crushing to find that. I was really hoping that like in 1918, they'd be like, drink a tincture of mercury and butterfly juice. <laughs> like you were, I was hoping it'd be like some bizarre thing. And I'm like, we've come a long way, baby. It's the exact same. How do you feel about the science now well, though? So I will say this. I, I, and I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has, in many ways, helped ease, uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was m- more than likely caused by science. <laughs> so...
1: so what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like, well, there's the, so a, there a chance that this was created in a lab, there's an investigation? A
2: chance? Well, so, I think I, 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 oh there is evidence
1: I'd love to hear. It. There's I just don't
2: know. a n- novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan Novel Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this? So, wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan. Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. How did this happen?" And they're like, "Mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. Mm." And you're like, no, I, you, you, the name of your lab, if you look at the name, look at the name, can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the Coronavirus Lab. In Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come. Okay, wait, okay, wait, okay. Wait, a okay. wait a second, wait a second. What about second. this? What about wait a this? Second. Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh my God. Oh my God there's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know, maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean, or it's the (laughs) chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be.
3: That could be.
1: That that could By be. The way, Let me... I
2: gave them all tuberculosis just. Yes.
1: That could that could very well be and Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and NIH have said like it should definitely
2: be you investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things the no, name I'm... of the disease <laughs> wait a second
1: wait is a on second. the
2: building wait a second but
1: I, I it could be possible you could be right it could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because In Wuhan, there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population there. I understand. It's It's like the saying, "It's a a local specialty,
2: and it's the only place to find bats." You won't find bats anywhere else. Oh wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night, every night at dusk. Is there a a coronavirus in Austin? Coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be an Austin coronavirus. (laughs) The only coronavirus we have is in Wuhan. Yes. Where they have a lab called What's the lab called again, Stephen? The Wuhan hey,
1: Novel Coronavirus Lab. I
2: believe that's uh-huh. the case.
0: That was John Stewart on the Colbert show last month. Getting back to the Epic Times report, it shows considerable evidence supporting man-made lab-grown origins. The video which premiered April 8th, 2020, and has had over 1.3 million views, was shortly thereafter censored by Facebook around April 15th. Now, for those interested in watching the full video, I have downloaded it, and I will post it up for you on libertynow.com. When President Trump originally agreed with the suggestions that coronavirus leaked from a lab, it was immediately dismissed by the MSM, the mainstream media, and so-called fact-checkers, as a conspiracy theory. However, now that Joe Biden has made a statement saying that they are open to the possibility, now even media giants are backtracking. In a recent Newsweek article, they said, quote, Some social media companies and fact-checkers have had to reverse course on earlier positions to acknowledge the widely held beliefs that were prematurely treated as fact. An explosive series of reported features published in late May and early June documented the shift among social media companies and fact-checkers as the Wuhan lab leak theory, once dismissed as a far-right conspiracy theory, was folded back into the public discourse as worthy of investigation. I'll provide you the link to that article on LibertyNow.com as well. So who was this fact checker that Facebook relied on to verify the video? It was no less than Danielle E. Anderson, an assistant professor at Duke NUS Medical School, someone who has conducted collaborative projects with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, working with the Chinese communists, and whose reputation would be harmed by her connection to it if the virus were found to have originated there. This isn't an isolated case. As I said a couple episodes ago in Who's Checking the Fact Checkers, factcheck.org, one of the most prominent ones, debunks anyone who questions the safety of the mRNA vaccines. factcheck.org has over 15% of their stock invested in Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So I think it's fair to question sources with such a clear conflict of interest. So while the social media, U.S. national security and intelligence consider how much they're willing to let the public know, let's just look at the facts and what we do know. Uh, Dr. Fauci, as you know, is the director of the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and the chief medical advisor to the president. Now, surprisingly, he predicted this exact outbreak back in 2017. I'll play you a quick YouTube clip from that right here. Given, as you heard from
4: the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity and and the privilege and the pleasure of serving in five administrations um, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease. And we have certainly a large burden of that but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID, will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with.
0: Now, while we can argue about whether he had any foreknowledge He was certainly confident that there would be an outbreak, and that should have meant that we were better prepared for it, you would think. But did he at least know more than he's letting on? Well, we now know for a fact that he knew about funding for gain-of-function research and has lied about that. I'm going to play you a clip of Dr. Fauci testifying to that in front of the U.S. Congress. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH
5: funding of the lab in Wuhan?
6: Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain... Dr.
5: Barrett's gain-of-function
6: research? D- Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North
5: Carolina,
6: not in China. You don't think in inserting China. a
5: bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain-of-function? That so is you would not... You in the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain-of-function
6: well it is not and if you look at the grant and you look at the progress reports it is not gain of function despite the fact that people tweet that so, so you do you still
5: support it? sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute?
6: We do not send money now to the to Wuhan Virology uh,
5: Institute. Do you support Institute? sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency uh, right. and a sub Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute?
6: Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China it would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected or perhaps it would be irresponsible
5: to send it to the chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying things that are not correct. Government defenders of of gain-of-function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the no technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of -of gain-of-function research, admits, The main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory?
6: I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted
0: in the Wuhan Institute of Iran. That was Senator Rand Paul questioning Dr. Fauci in a Senate hearing in May of this year. If you're just tuning in, this is John Verd on Liberty Now on Air, a weekly broadcast slash podcast on ninety six point nine Planes FM. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes and at Liberty Now on Air, and please share the message if you find any of this information compelling. I always encourage you to do your own research, and I will provide the links, files, and show notes for this episode at Liberty Now. Dot com okay let's get back to the episode. Now recent emails leaked have revealed that he did indeed know about gain of function research. Here's another YouTube clip from an interview on Fox News between Hannity and Senator Paul.
3: The man himself is also a medical doctor Kentucky Senator Ram Paul. You've been right about this guy from the beginning. I'll be honest. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. There were a lot of things. A lot of people got wrong in the beginning. I thought I never thought it was nefarious. But we now know on January 31st that Dr. Fauci was told it looks like gain-of-function manipulation of this virus, the genome of this virus. He was told that. That happens to be also the day that Donald Trump put in place the travel ban that's xenophobic and hysteria, and 10 days after the first identified case in this country. So, you've been right the whole time, Senator, and unfortunately you've been right.
5: You know, there's been no more prominent uh, scientist in favor of of gain-of-function research than Dr. Fauci. He still hasn't backed off of that position. He believes that it's okay to take animal viruses, make them into super viruses to infect humans, even if a pandemic should occur. He says, oh, the the research is worth it. But you know, there's a host of other scientists in this field and they say it's not worth it at all, that we haven't learned anything. All we've done is put ourselves at risk. But even after all of this evidence points towards the Wuhan lab, this last week in committee, Dr. Fauci said that he still trusts the Chinese scientists. And the thing is, is that's a very naive notion That's how we got here, but there are worse viruses. This is a bad one. This has about a 1% mortality, 3.5 million people have died, but they've been experimenting with some viruses that have 15% mortality. That would mean 50 million deaths right now. So this, this kind of research needs not to be funded by the U.S. taxpayer. And so I had an amendment this week that passed, actually unanimously, saying no more funds for this Wuhan lab. So we'll see what Dr. Fauci has to say, but he doesn't really have the judgment to be in the position he's in.
3: Senator, I hear the money uh, that he is saying, it was far much uh, far much more in terms of the actual dollar amount. Uh, do we have any idea how much uh, money, American taxpayer money, went to fund this Wuhan uh, virology lab and their gain of research uh, uh, function work? There's
5: a lot of pools of money. There's a group called Eco Health Alliance, this Peter Zonk. He's got a hundred million dollars over the last several years. Now, not all of it's gone to Wuhan, but they say as much as three to four million may have. But there's lots of pots of money. There's defense money. There's secret money. There's money we don't even know about because it's classified. But this research is being done in the United States as well. It's very, very dangerous. And I want scientists that are not partisan to come to Washington. So I sent a letter today to the head of my committee in Homeland Security and also the Health Committee to say we need to have a hearing with impartial scientists who are, are on the other side of Dr. Fauci who believe that it's incredibly dangerous. But you know what the other danger is, I've had five death threats just for being outspoken on it. This week I've had five death threats. I don't know what the world's coming to. You can't ask honest, difficult questions that in the end have turned and proved out that Dr. Fauci was not being honest with us. But as a repercussion, my family had white powders into our house and five death threats phoned in. Uh,
3: by the way, been there. Sorry to hear that. It's not fun. I know it's happened to me. It's happened to many other people in the public eye. And it's it's it gets scary at times. Uh, and I hope you're getting the proper security. And I hope our government is providing it to protect any politician, any elected official. This is not Democrat or Republican. Let me let me ask you this. Did Dr. Fauci lie before your committee? Absolutely. He still says no
5: money went for gain-of-function research. One of the papers that he sent in the emails that have come out, he labels the paper as gain-of-function, and that was at the Wuhan Institute. At the end of that paper, the bat scientist, Dr. Xi, she thanks Dr. Fauci's organization, the NIAID, which is part of NIH, and she actually lists the serial number for the money she got from the U.S. So he needs to be asked difficult questions. We need to have other scientists there. He hides behind the veil of, oh, I'm the only smart person in the room. No one else can understand this. But many other Ph.D. scientists in this field completely disagree with him and don't think it's worth risking a pandemic. They don't think we should be doing this research. And they haven't seen any benefits of it either. The thing is, is no one's going to, you know, Dr. Fauci is going to work around his words. He's being very careful with his words. It sounded like he was saying no money went to NIH, but he was specifically, no money went to the Wuhan Institute, but he was being more precise and saying no gain-of-function money went. But I think that's verifiably false also, but it's going to come down to an opinion. He's going to say it wasn't gain-of-function. Many other scientists are already and have been saying for almost a year now that it all was gain-of-function. But he's not being uh, truthful. He's not being completely forthcoming. He's shading the meaning of truth. He's parsing his words. this is a a real problem. Exactly. And there's one other example, there's one other example I want to bring up. Right now, India is struggling under this. They have a billion people, 300,000 people there getting it and they're having about 4,000 deaths. Dr. Fauci refuses to tell people that you get immunity after you've had the disease. This would allow the vaccine in India to be targeted to those who have not been sick. But because Dr. Fauci says everyone's the same and everyone should get the vaccine without thinking about it, there's not enough vaccine to go around in India. So there are profound public health implications of Dr. Fauci denying natural immunity from the disease. In doing so, I think it's leading to a great deal of deaths around the world that could be prevented.
3: And I believe you were the first senator to go public and say you had contracted COVID. You have natural immunity. You've made the choice as your own doctor not to get the vaccine in light of the natural immunity, T cell immunity, stuff I don't know about, but I think people, uh, need to pay very close attention because what's happened here. And by the way, even therapeutics that were advised to Dr. Fauci, he ignored those emails. It's too long to read, but great work, Senator. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it.
0: So what should we make of the possibility that the chief medical advisor to the president, Dr. Fauci may be trying to cover up what he knows. It's interesting to note that Dr. Fauci hasn't been alone in making early predictions about the current pandemic. For example, just before the outbreak, on October 18, 2019, Event 201 was a pandemic exercise event coordinated by the Gates Foundation, the World Economic Forum, and the Michael Bloomberg School of Public Health at Johns Hopkins University's Center for Health Security, where they wargamed a, quote, novel zoonotic coronavirus pandemic modeled on the SARS virus, killing 65 million people and issuing recommendations on how corporations could, quote, help in such a crisis. Although they gained Event 201, pandemic was to occur in South America, one of the players in this event was from the Chinese Centers for Disease Control, with no South American representatives in attendance. Now here's where I'm going with all this. As far back as 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation published a report in May of 2010 in cooperation with the global business network of futurologist Peter Schwartz. It was called Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. The first scenario, titled Operation Lockstep, describes a world of total government control and authoritarian leadership. It envisions a future where a pandemic would allow national leaders to flex their authority and impose airtight rules and restrictions that would remain after the pandemic faded. Now, before you start reaching for your tinfoil hats, I'll ask you to please look this up for yourself, and I'm going to post a link where you can download the original PDF and read this paper for yourself. After doing the research and reading these white papers and sitting where we are now, having lived through so many aspects of these, quote, war-gamed scenarios, it is hard to see them as purely academic exercises. But regardless of whether you believe that this virus spontaneously made the leap from animals to humans, or it was engineered to infect humans, the end result can't be denied that it is having the effect of encroaching on our liberties and that governments worldwide have been exceeding their authority. I'll wrap up with a final clip from the video report from Epic Times. And I encourage you to go watch the entire video and I'll post it for you at libertynow.com.
7: Through investigating the genome sequence, I found it significant that the S protein of the Wuhan coronavirus was critical in its cross-species ability to infect humans. While I was searching for related studies online, one Chinese virologist in particular caught my attention. She spent many years researching bats and coronaviruses. She was the first to locate the key to how coronaviruses can overcome cross-species barriers in order to directly infect human bodies. And she was the first to discover that the SARS virus was the result of a restructuring of multiple SARS-like coronaviruses found in bats. Her name is Shi Li, and she may be an important link to the origin of the virus. Wikipedia describes Shi Zhengli as a, quote, Chinese virologist and researcher at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is part of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. Further investigations show that Shi Zhengli has been a figure of controversy since the Wuhan virus outbreak. This is due to a paper she published in 2015 discussing her own research into synthetic viruses. Chai Xin. A media company with ties to the Chinese Communist Party interviewed Shi Zhengli in an attempt to refute these rumors. Dr. Zhengli Shi is one of the top experts in China uh, starting about coronavirus uh, in Wuhan Institute of Virology. She has so many publications from uh, collecting, identify bad coronavirus from bad caves. Her lab had these capacities and very sophisticated capacity to generate mutations, to make it best fit in human expression as well. Delving further into related information, I discovered that Shi Li published not one, but four papers in total, each of which contains important information. Since the SARS outbreak in 2003, Shi Li has been conducting research on coronaviruses. From 2010 onward, the focus of she and her team was redirected to identifying the capacity for coronavirus transmission across species, specifically putting the spotlight on the S protein of the coronaviruses. In other words, her team's research in the Wuhan lab has been looking into the part that can make coronaviruses transmittable to humans.
0: That's all the time we've got for now. Until next time, be good and keep asking questions.